Welcome, everyone, to this Dunhumby podcast series, all about the importance of putting your customers first, whatever retail setting that you operate in. My name is David Choncho. My colleague, Dave Clements, and I are hosting a series of bite-sized podcasts with experts from the retail and data world, and we explore the importance of putting customers first with practical examples, techniques, and lessons for retailers and brands. Today, we're speaking with Grant Stedman, who is Dunhumby's President of North American Operations. Grant brings a uniquely global view on customer first, having worked with companies in Russia, the UK, across Europe and Asia, and now in the US. So Grant, please tell us what customer first means to you, and then more about your experiences of customer first practices around the world. Well, thank you, David. I'd be pleased to, and uh, always a always a pleasure to talk to you. Uh, I think about customer first really, you know, simply put, as an approach that says we are going to start by understanding what customers want, and then we're going to give them more of that. And for me, you know, beyond the the strategy, the objectives, the different tactics used, it's you know, it starts as a philosophy. I mean, I would really think of it as a an outside in type of approach where you're you're starting not with what you have or, or what you want to sell or do, but you're starting with the customer and you're saying we're going to fulfill their needs, delight their needs, and work out how to achieve our objectives from that point and not the other way around. And you know, I my background is in uh, advertising and, and and marketing and we used to talk a lot and still do in, in that space about behavioral change, you know, and, and the, the, our ability and sometimes grossly exaggerated to get customers to change their behavior and, and, and do something that, you know, our, our business or our clients wanted the customer to do. And, you know, for me, the philosophy behind customer first is that you, you really start in a different place, which is not, you know, that our ability to change customer behavior and the extent to which we should is, is grossly exaggerated. And actually, is that our role? You know, if, our, if you reframe it as our role is to delight customers with a fantastic and improved experience or service or product, you know, if that's truly what you deliver, then customers will change their behavior because they want to benefit from that. Um, so I think of it as a, you know, a philosophical quest that starts that way around. Um, and from a strategic perspective, um, you know, one where you're you're really delving into say, make some choiceful decisions around, well, who who are really our target customers? Um, what is most important to them? And how are we going to, you know, use data um to deliver on that in a in a better way and evaluate the impact of it and and adjust and, and cycle accordingly. Thanks. I quite, yeah, I quite like that bit about learning about what customers want and then doing more of that. And that puts data in the right place. It puts understanding, it puts activation in the right place. So I, I quite like that. Um, the other part of the question was, have you seen differences in that philosophy around the world or is it the same universally, do you think? Yeah, I mean, you know, I've been fortunate enough to work with with different companies uh, all around the world um, and had, had a variety of experiences of 
how that's been implemented and 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 how that how it's been expressed in in different forms um you know when i first joined dunhumby almost uh, 14 years ago now uh, I, I worked briefly with tesco in the uk and and they had some in in the customer engagement and, and crm area and they had some fantastic expressions of, of customer first in terms of how they would deliver offers um collaboratively between the their partners uh, cpg partners and um, and themselves as a retailer. Um, so that was, you know, a, a fantastic experience. Um, Shell, of course, we work with in, across multiple markets, um, Asia, Europe, and, and, and over here in North America as well. Um, so it was interesting to see it from that perspective. Um, and of course, probably the best example, David, that you and I are both uh, intimately familiar with uh, in the Nordics and, and how particularly Co-op Norway there have really embraced embrace customer first as uh, as a strategy and a way of working and numerous activations there so all kinds of different experiences i think it you know it looks it looks different in in some ways it's always uniquely different regardless of the market and the sector you know if you're truly following your customers every set of customers is different and therefore how you deliver for them should be too yeah i think that's right i like that very much so not only have you worked in different geographies, but it, it occurs to me that you've worked across so many different kinds of operating models. Goodness, you mentioned co-op in Norway, so that's a true customer-owned cooperative. You mentioned Shell, so that's a, it's a fairly decentralized, but a, but a big corporation, right? You've worked with wholesalers, you've worked with uh, centralized control kinds of companies. And so not only thinking about the geography, but... Are there important similarities or differences around customer first in different operating models? Yeah, absolutely. And, and a lot of differences. I mean, I think there's some key principles of what customer first looks like when it's done well. Um, and, you know, I would say how it's embedded from, you know, strategy all the way down through to execution, you know, across the objectives, the goals, you know, even the values of the, of the business. Um, so that's a key principle. I think if you're doing customer first, well, it's truly Im embedded um, all the way through the, the value chain of the company. Uh, I think it's also aligned with your staff and that you're, and I know David, this is a passionate area that you talk about as well around, you know, you're, you're focused on your, on your staff and your people centric first in order to deliver on that. Um, but also in other ways, in that the, the values, the rewards, the incentives of of the, your people in, in your company are aligned to customer first as well. Um, and I think there's a cultural aspect to it, and, and you know, around language, um, values, as I mentioned, but, you know, ways of working and, and principles. Um, so I think those are some common, you know, themes of, of, of done well. But the model of how it works is obviously different you know, in different sectors, um, you know, I, I have worked with financial services clients where, you know, the context has been one that's very uncustomer centric, if you like. I mean, if you, if you take general, general insurance as an example, you know, it's, it seems like all, all the incentives, all the delightful experiences are designed to attract new customers. Um, and then, you know, typically when customers come to renew, they have a, a less uh, appealing experience um, as some of those in incentives disappear. So, you know, the model for 
how customer first looks in financial services business very different from from retailers and uh, to see stores and and so on and so forth so some some real variability on how it gets expressed but i think there's some key principles there as i mentioned that are that are common for what good looks like sure yeah it feels to me like the starting line is different depending on the industry and you mentioned financial services which is starting by our view quite far back versus a really customer service centric operator uh, and we work a lot with grocery but you know they tend to be at least customer interested or customer service oriented in the first place so different starting points i can imagine listeners to this podcast thinking well that's a that's a tall order to embed customer first throughout every part of the value chain um, and i wonder what it is that keeps more organizations from becoming customer first. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. It is a tall order. Um, you know, there's some uh, some uphill uh, initiatives uh, and aspects of it. I think, first of all, though, it's misunderstood and it's confused. And I think um, it's often used as as a buzzword or or a phrase to to attract attention and sound appealing without having too much tangible you know action behind it. Um, but it's also, you know, gets confused with other things that the people talk a lot about digital transformation. And I think sometimes being customer first gets confused with that. I mean, you can be a customer first business that operates very well digitally, or you can be a customer first business that perhaps doesn't need to have a, a very digital focus for your, for your customers. So, um, you know, that's kind of incidental for me. So I think it's, it's often misunderstood. It's sometimes confused with other things. Um, and it is hard to do. You know, it's a, it's a strategic top-down um, push, um, which involves a lot of change as well. And, and change management is, is hard. Some people do not enjoy change. Some people react emotionally um, to that. And I think everyone likes to believe that they are focused on customers. So having to accept and admit and face into the fact, you know, maybe we don't do that in the purest and the best ways that we could. I think that's a hard, you know, starting point to, uh, to get to. Sure. Um, and, you know, a lot of change management along the way. And it's a long-term, you know, it's a long-term commitment and it's, it's, it's easier to be more focused on the short term and hitting some KPIs next month, next quarter. Um, you know, and it takes discipline to, to really keep to that, keep focused on that long-term goal um, and use data to, to course correct along the way. So, yeah, th- that's, those are some of the reasons I think it's, it's, you know, it's hard and there are, you know, perhaps barriers in the way for folks to, to really get the best out of it. How do you see it, David? Has that uh, your, been your experience as well? Uh, I agree with those. I'll add a few others. I think for a number of organizations, starting with the data itself, it's it's difficult to get data that's intimate enough, if you will, to really understand customers and understand your clients, you know, with a kind of degree of certainty that says, if we bring those customers into our decisions, we know we're making better choices. So the data itself Um, And then following from the data, it's getting the right kind of data science. When I was at Kroger, I had access to all of the shopper card data and was applying a kind of a science, but 
but it didn't turn out to be as effective. It, it wasn't aimed at making the right kind of changes in store. So I would just say that the science approach wasn't adequate for the com for the complexities there in retail. Uh, third, I'm going to agree with your change management. That's hard to do. And to me, where that falls down is what I call um, managing the middle or the middle layer of the cake, the middle layer of management. Often we see we can get senior leaders committed and they love the vision of customer first, but the folks that really have to activate it are less engaged somehow. Um, the fourth one that I, that I put on my list has to do with many times an organization will really not adequately engage the operators, the people there in the stores or the folks closest to the customer, whatever the channel is. And I call that the army of your people. In most organizations, that's about 97% of the organization that faces customers. And that group has to understand the language about customers. It has to be fluent and, comf and comfortable with the language. And it has to understand what the customer priorities are. We call those the customer promises. So it's just, it's that translation layer that some sometimes gets lost in the, just in the change management. So good. Okay. Um, I mean, it's, it's an interesting discussion. I'd like to talk with you more. And again, in another podcast like this one, I think we've just scraped into some really interesting ideas like this transition piece and like the change management piece. And I know you've led that for a number of clients. Yeah. Well, David, it's been great talking to you and I'd be delighted to, to come back again. Fantastic that we're doing this uh, customer first radio. And um, I think it'd be great to get some of our, our clients and uh, associates here to uh, tell more of the stories and uh, their experiences of this as well. Yeah, we'll certainly do that. But in the interest of keeping this bite size, I think I'll, thank the audience. So please, everyone, thank you for listening today. I hope that you found this helpful in thinking about how your organization can activate and practice customer first. There's many more of these conversations to come. So please join us next time. We want to explore a concept called the value core, which is really about the balance between price and quality perceptions, how those affect overall value perceptions of a store, and how those affect store and brand choices. So Grant, thanks. thank you again. Audience, thank you again. Until next time. Thank you, Dan.